John, a Thanksgiving treat. We have an interview with the head of Amazon Global Sports, Jay Marine. And Andrew, I want to take my Thanksgiving hat off to you. Apparently, you're relentless. I give the reporter credit. Four guys, four calls yesterday from reporters trying to get a quote from me. I did not respond because I don't play that game. And we're back. The Marshan and Oran Sports Media Podcast. I'm Andrew Marshan, sports media columnist for the New York Post. He's John Oran, the media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. And John, Thanksgiving, we're going to, we know people have their turkey, they got their mashed potatoes, their stuffing. Um, so we're going to give them a big exclusive interview with Jay Marine. Um, and we're going to cut it with just who's up, who's down. And first of all, I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. And same to you. I love doing the pod and love getting Jay Marine on this. He doesn't talk a lot. So to get, get him on the record on a lot of uh, different topics, I think uh, the listeners are going to really enjoy this one. All right, let's do it. Who's up? Who's down? Who's up? Who's, who's down? down? Andrew, get us started. All right, John. My who's up? Tom Brady. Wait, what's that? We have breaking news on the Brady meter? Bring it in, Chris Mason. A Thanksgiving treat. Uh, the Brady meter has moved substantially Ooh. up to 67% that Tom Brady. Can I interrupt you for a second, Andrew? Sure. In our production meeting before this pod, it was at 64. It's continuously rising. This is incredible. The, the meter is always working. And that 64 <laughs> went to 67% just in my head as I was talking. The reason... TMZ uh, has pictures of Aaron Andrews, Tom Brady, and the executive producer of Fox Sports, Brad Zager. Zager on TMZ Sports. Um, look, and, and I'm hearing some rumblings in terms of Brady's interest. Um, so the meter is going up that Brady will do it. Um, listen, just to be clear, we've always kind of been more positive than negative about Brady doing it. We had one time where we put Brady more on the negative side, 49% to 51. That got a lot of attention when we when we said that here on the podcast. Um, but it was just an opinion at the time. It really gets uh, blown out of uh, proportion as a lot of the aggregation tends to. Uh, but Brady meter is up. I think as of right now, it looks like he's doing, if you're going to put money on this, I don't know I'm sure we can get, you get emails all the time from people want, you know, tell you about some crazy bet that their um, entity is, uh, you know, they want you to publicize <laughs> that I always ignore, but I'm sure you can maybe bet on the Brady meter uh, someplace. But right now I put my money on him doing it 10 years, $375 million. Will he be good? I like to wait till people broadcast my personal feeling though. Um, it's just that, I tend to think he would will be good. Now, could be wrong, but we'll see. Greg Olson's done a tremendous job. He's going to have suitors. He, he would move to the number two spot, um, but he's put he's in still in a great position, in my opinion. But right now, the Tom Brady meter at sixty seven percent here on Thanksgiving, about ten months away from opening day of the football season next year, two thousand twenty four. I have just one question of clarification, Kevin Burkhart. If there's a Burkhart meter, it's at 100%. He will he will remain the top play-by-play uh, -play analyst, right? He will remain the top play-by-play -play guy for Fox. 
more breaking news. No, yes. Yeah, there's no <laughs> question. Burkhart is doing. Why would he not? Burkhart established himself last year, uh, succeeding Joe Buck, um, and he's done a very good job, very likable. And I think that's an advantage for Brady because Burkhart really does try to make his partners better. Uh, that's helped Olsen, a very likable guy. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I fully expect Burkhart to be the play-by-player. All right. Well, Andrew, let's just get right to Jay Marine, because how can I follow a uh, Brady meter? As so you're bringing on? the jokes on Thanksgiving. John uh, is feeling, he had a lot of dessert. He's feeling. Uh, hey, I am a dad. What do you want? There you go. Uh, who's up? Chris Winfrey. He is the CEO of Charter Communications, and he is the one who developed the strategy and more importantly, actually stuck with the strategy during the cable uh, company's recent dispute with Disney. I grew up covering the cable business. And these types of disputes, they happened all the time. They always turned nasty in public uh, over the years. But there was always a, a bit of collegiality. Like the, the deals always got done. And at the end of the day, these were always cable guys. And they wanted to do deals that kept the cable business going. But Winfrey is different. He's a numbers guy. He's a former CEO. I, for one, totally believed that he was going to move forward without Disney, or at least he was prepared to, unless he got certain con- uh, concessions. And the reason why he's my who's up this week is because we're seeing the effects of his deal making even today. We had uh, DirecTV's Rob Thune on a couple of weeks ago, and he described uh, that charter deal as precedent setting. What that means, if you want to read between the lines, is when Paramount's deal comes up with DirecTV, Fox, uh, um, NBC, and, and of course, uh, Disney, they're going to extract the same concessions that Charter was able to do. The other reason that uh, Chris Winfrey is my who's up is because Disney announced that they're going to do a direct-to-consumer uh, app by 2025. That deal gave them cover to do that, to, to make that announcement, in my opinion. I don't know the details of the DTC launch yet. N- none of us really do. But it seems virtually certain that ESPN's direct-to-consumer app will be available to every single authenticated charter customer. And I would suspect every DirecTV customer and every Comcast customer all down the line, it all spawns from the hardline stance that Winfrey took. And so he's a good Thanksgiving week. Who's up? I think that might be good for ESPN, quite honestly, because they think the longer the bundle survives, the better it is for ESPN. Yes, they want to go DTC, and maybe that's where the future will be, but they'll be there as well. So um, I think charter stance might have helped ESPN long-term. Uh, it certainly helps the cable bundle long-term, which helps ESPN long-term. I totally agree. All right. My who's down is Netflix. Uh, I don't know, John, did you watch the Netflix Cup? You know, what? I saw one clip that you sent to me. Which uh, what's is there a stronger word than atrocious? I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, look, I'm gonna they're my who's down, so I'm not being positive on it. But yeah, the Netflix Cup, I was not impressed. Um, you know, Netflix. Uh, this was supposed to be at least some people. I we didn't really present it this their first you know uh, edition of live sports uh, with this golf event with F1 drivers and some um, play you know uh, PGA players and um, and so it wasn't really a serious event. But if I'm the leagues, I'm the NBA looking at Netflix and I'm saying, do I trust them with producing these things? Now, the NBA very well might produce for Netflix. I mean, that's, you know, you saw with Amazon, NBC has a big impact in terms of how they produce Thursday night football. You know, the NBA has built this infrastructure, so they very well could do that. But 
I would say that Netflix has all the money in the world. They have a great uh, amount of subscribers. So that makes a lot of sense. But just watching that production, um, again, not a serious event. And you have to give them time. It was the first one. Um, but you got if, if I'm the league, if I'm the NBA, you got to pay me much more to go with Netflix at this point than if I went with someone else. Um, and then maybe they will. I, I tend to be a little bit not believing in Netflix yet because I just haven't seen them invest big in sports. And when I've heard them um, associated with some leagues and some negotiations, which I've reported upon in the past, it's been smaller deals here and there. So there's been real, no, there really hasn't been evidence yet that they're going to go big into sports, even though I know your big point about they've added an ad tier, which perhaps, you know, makes them want to do that um, and makes a little bit more sense now that they're going to have, and they do have advertising, uh, but um, wasn't a great uh, debut if I'm the leagues looking at Netflix. Andrew, that specifically the clip that you sent me was a shot. It was a golf shot and the, uh, they focused on a sand trap and the, the ball fell about 20 yards in front of the sand trap in the fairway. And instead of going to the ball, then they went to a ridiculous tight shot of these golfers, none of whom were identified, none of, none of whom you knew. It, w- it was pretty poor. But Netflix does have a couple of things going for it. One is it has gobs of money, as you said. And the second one is it it has an ad tier uh, that, that it's trying to uh, trying to sell um, more subscriptions to. And the, the one thing that all streamers have learned about these ad-supported tiers is that uh, – Live sports is what really uh, drives subscriber growth. And then you can sell advertising around it. And so it was not a good uh, start for what wasn't really a, a live sport, but uh, that they, I don't think they're going anywhere. I think that once they decide to get into sports, they're going to do it with a, it, they're going to do it in a big way. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. Who's down for me, Andrew. I see your Brady meter and I match you. Who's down Chris Ripley, Sinclair. Yes. <laughs> Do we have a number on Chris Ripley for who's down? Poor guy. Can we just rename this already? Look, last week, uh, there was a a Sinclair lawyer. His name is David Seligman. And he told a bankruptcy court that Diamond Sports, the group that runs all the Bally Sports RSNs, is going to shut down after the 2024 MLB season. The problem, Andrew, with Seligman's statement is that, well, look, look, there's a distinct possibility that diamond is unwinding and it's going to go belly up uh, in a year. It's not necessarily 100% true. And the idea that Sinclair threw this bomb in a, in the middle of a public court hearing hurts diamonds leverage completely. Look th- again, diamond is not a healthy business right now. It, uh, but it has done a deal with the NBA that will allow its local rights to revert back to the league at the, at the end of this season. It's about to do the same deal with uh, NHL. MLB is sort of considering doing something like that. So it certainly feels like an unwinding. Let's look at some of the possibilities where it's not an unwinding. Could some of the Bally sports nets move forward and and others don't? Uh, Maybe it goes from 19 RSNs to 10 or 12. Uh, My point is that, that like Diamond has a path to staying afloat. It's not a clear path or a likely path but it's not at all how Sinclair described it to a judge last week. And it, it just made a lot of people sort of scratch their heads and say, like, what, you know, like what, what was the reason that they came out so forcefully uh, during that hearing? So, John, my takeaway is that it sounds like Diamond's going to unwind, I mean, over the next year. 
however unlikely there are pathways forward and have like their their, their former company their their former owner sort of put a stake in them this early it surprised me I'll, I'll put it that way so andrew instead of getting to the topics let's just get right to jay marine the head of amazon sports uh our big get this week john the big get jay marine head of amazon global sports uh jay i did a story before uh amazon prime video started on thursday nights and i talked about your high school career i made jay i don't know if this is accurate it was a combination of John Stockton uh, as a basketball player and Deion Sanders as a cornerback. Um, <laughs> so uh, we got off to a, a good start with that. But Jay, I guess where we really wanted to start off with, um, you know, you've been at Amazon a long time. You were Jeff Bezos's right hand man for 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 a while, which is a very uh, top job there, of course. Um, but when you came into sports, even though you do have a sports background, a lot of people uh, in the industry were, you know, who's Jay Marine? So. You know, we don't need the life story, but just for people who don't know as much about Jay Marine as perhaps John and I do, who is Jay Marine and how did you get to this spot? And, you know, how do you look at sports and and, and TV? Um, sure. Thanks for that. Um, you know, I will say my my claim to fame in my high school career is I played a, um, a basketball playoff game against Chris Weber and a football game that year against Tyrone Wheatley. Now, neither one of those worked out very well for me, but, um, <laughs> but we did play the games. You know, I'm a passionate um, player of sports and watcher of sports my whole life. Um, I've been at Amazon about 21 years, um, and it's been a long, you know, um, it's amazing what Amazon, how large we are now. Um, and I love that. But what I really love is the early days when it was like messy, scrappy. And and that's kind of how my sports team is. You know, we're kind of like a startup within Amazon. And that's how we think about it. And we want to move fast and innovate. And that's really, I think we're at our best as a company when we act like a startup and, and really um, take that approach. And that's what I love. I love to do new things and build things. So um, just quickly, without a long story, um, you know, I started at Amazon as a product manager. My my second thing I have ever did at Amazon was launching our sporting goods store, selling basketballs and footballs. I thought that was the greatest thing ever. It's like it's never going to get better than that. Um, and uh, and fast forward, um, you know, the second, the biggest thing after that was really helping to launch our Kindle business, our hardware device. Um great learning experience. We had never done hardware. It took us three years to launch. We only thought it was going to take a year. My my wife launched two kids during that time. Um, so <laughs> she, was much, she was much more productive and then got to work for Jeff for a couple of years as his uh, technical advisor, just kind of a shadow role. And I tell you a million stories about that, but um, that was a great learning experience. Um, and then really, when you're in that role, you get to see everything going on at the company. And this is 2013 to 2015. And we had a lot going on, but we had a few major bets. You know, we have more now. But at the time, it was really about really fast one day and less shipping. Um, it was about Prime Video and it was about AWS and then devices, three or four. Um, and so when you see everything going at the company, at, for my next role, I knew I wanted to to uh, be in one of those major areas. I'd already worked in devices and an opportunity came up to run Prime Video International in London, um, which anyone who's ever done a thing like that, first thing you have to do is check with your spouse 
see if they actually would ever want to move there. Fortunately, my my wife was like, yeah. And I said, really? Because we had never talked about it. Um, and my kids at the time, I have three girls, were five, eight, and 10, perfect ages before they were sort of too attached into high school. Um, and we went over for two years to London and ended up staying for five, loved it, traveled all over Europe. And I highly recommend that experience to any, both professionally and and personally, um, that was just a magical experience for me living over there. Um, and that's where I got into sports. So we were running Prime Video in Europe, and that's where we first entered sports, specifically with U.S. Open tennis rights in the U.K. Um, and then the, the first major investment was really with the Premier League games in the U.K. And then we followed that on with Champions League in Italy and Germany and now in the U.K. Um, and so... When I came back um, to the States for family reasons and COVID and all of those things, um, uh, there was we just saw an opportunity to do more in sports. Um, and that was the same time Thursday night football rights were, were coming around and I was starting to work on that behind the scenes. And fortunately that, that deal worked out with the NFL. And, and from there, um, I've just taken a dedicated focus to sports, running sports globally, including we've built up a dedicated product and tech team, um, which, you know, I know you guys will probably talk about this. Streaming live sports, especially at scale, is very hard. Um, we've been at it for a long time now. We've learned a lot, and I'm super proud of that whole organization um, and the people that work for me on that. Yeah, this Friday, the Black Friday game is going to be, you know, mon monumental for the NFL and for you guys, and we're going to get to that um, in a moment or two, but my, my first, my other question to start off with is that you, you told us how you got to sports. When you look at sports, why does it work for Amazon? What is the, what, what, what is important about sports, Thursday yeah. night football, et cetera, that works for Amazon and what you guys are trying to do? Well, first of all, everything with us starts with the customer and starts with prime. Like we sit around and say, how do we make prime better? How do we make Prime more valuable? We want it to be the best membership program in the world. And what I mean by best is we want to we have to be the most valuable. We want to give more than we're charging. And um, and sports are uniquely valuable. <laughs> they are must watch. They're non-substitutable. If you love the Premier League, you're, you can't watch rugby instead. I love rugby, but, you, you know, it's not if you love the NFL, you're going to watch the NFL. And um, that is uniquely valuable and um, and at large scale, large audiences and large fan bases. So um, now they've been uniquely expensive for that reason, because <laughs> everybody knows that. So the trick is and everyone has different business models. So for us, it's about what sports are going to add value to prime and really move the needle um, for us and be valuable for that prime member base. Um, and that, that's sort of the starting point. And then, and then it gets to, you know, the economics have to work for us and the other party and the leagues, of course. Um, and we don't have to have everything. So I think you've seen that in our approach. Um, you know, we're not, we don't have to fill hours or a linear schedule. And so we can really be selective and we don't need everybody, everything, even in a given property. This is true in Europe, by the way, Champions League, we have one big match of the week. Um, but the things we have, we want to be meaningful and big enough. Um, and so that's why you see us looking at the, the largest tier one properties out there. When you say more valuable to subscribers, what do you mean by that? Is this, is this about growing 
Prime is about uh, creating stickiness to keep subscribers from churning out of Prime. Uh, obviously, a little bit of both, but I, like, how do you view that? Yeah, it, it's both for sure, right? I mean, we have a whole Prime Video program with um, original programming, movies, and TV. Same thing. It's it's about both bringing new members into Prime, right? So maybe there's a show you want to watch or you're a big NFL fan and you haven't tried Prime yet. You come in for Thursday Night Football and then you learn about everything else of Prime and you try everything else. So it's both bringing people in, but it's also, hey, maybe that's the reason you're going to stay because, hey, I watch my Premier League games. I watch Thursday Night Football getting, you know, it just becomes part of your life then. And so it's absolutely both. It, it gives more value to customers that turns into retention, John, but also then there's acquisition in terms of new subscribers. And we see it working both ways. Like we, we see it's working is the, is the most important thing. <laughs> what types of sports uh, work obviously like the premier league in england is one of the most popular uh, it's the most popular league in, uh, over there the nfl the most popular league in, in the united states like how far down like if you're a pickleball league is that something that that, that you would you know kick the tires on or at least take a look at you know we're still experimenting i would say um you know, the biggest tier one are obviously going to be the biggest needle movers, but they're also the most expensive, of course. And so when we look at other sports, I would say um, we look at ones that are emerging, that have growth potential that we believe in. Um, so women's sports is an area like this. We have we have some WNBA games, and I think they're doing just a fantastic job. Um, we just did um, rights deal with NWSL. Um, and Jessica over there, uh, a Michigan grad, by the way. But um, and and you know, I see so much growth there, and I think these these women's sports just need continued investment. Um, but the athletes are incredible. The quality of play is incredible. Um, so that's an area that we're investing in as well. Um, but the dollars are a lot smaller, of course. Um, so, but overall, I would say we're not in the business of quantity. You know, um, we're more in the business of big quality, um, and it's usually worth paying for to do that. Now you have Black Friday coming up. Um, Thursday Night Football, this is your second year. The ratings have been way up. I'm going to ask you, why is Thursday? Because I know, obviously, you're going to tell us it's working great. But so I'm going to ask you that. Why is it working <laughs> for you? What What is, wh why is it working? Well, I have a few thoughts on that. First of all, you know, even when we talked a year ago, we view this, we view Thursday night football as a long-term investment. And this is really how Amazon views all of this. So year one, year two, like where our goal is to build a Thursday night football franchise that is valuable and lasting over the next decade plus for us at Amazon. Um, now to do that, the most important thing you'd have to do is you have to start with putting a great product on air. And I think we did that last year. I think we we got off to a great start, really happy with what we put on air, both from a pregame, post, live game, talent, as well to the streaming quality and the quality of the video quality we're delivering. So um, across the board, I'm very happy with what we delivered. And so year one really built the foundation and year two is about building on that. And we're seeing the results of that now, I think, in this audience growth. We're seeing more people discover Prime Thursday Night Football and Prime Video. And importantly, they're liking what they're seeing and they're coming back week after week. That's how you get an audience growth like that. And then some of it's muscle memory, right? It's like Thursday Night Football's moved around a while. Now we're in year two. People are like 
in their head, establishing Thursday night football and prime video together more naturally. Um, and that's only going to continue to grow. Um, and the exciting thing for us is we need to continue to execute number one. And, and we're, we're so focused on that. We'll never be done improving the product and, and nor should we be. And all the other broadcasters do an incredible job. Like, you know, it, the, the bar is very high. Um, uh, but the exciting thing is the macro trends are in our favor here. You know, what I can tell you is, and I think I said this in the past, more people are going to be streaming next year than this year, everything, not just sports, but but definitely sports. And five years from now, even more so. So, you know, you can debate the trajectory but the or how fast it'll happen, continue to happen, but the trend is clear. And so when you see a macro trend like that in business, you can invest a lot in that. Um, and I think you've seen that, like, you know, what we've put against Thursday night football um, is a large, large investment, everything from the trucks um, to the quality of our talent um, to all the tech and thousands of engineers behind it. And I feel great about that investment because this is a decade long investment. Um, and so we'll continue to do that. And, and, and the most important thing is to get the experience right for fans. Um, that's the input. And then the output is the numbers that, you know, people obsess over, but the, getting the inputs right is what we focus on. Now, Black Friday, if the Jets and the Dolphins, pretty good matchup. Um, yeah. Is the goal to get people to shop while they watch? Or, you know, how, how do you look at it, Black Friday? You know, I've heard Al say, Al Michael say that. Um, and, you know, yeah. he might just be kind of just saying it, but like, is that, a, is that the goal to have people do it at the same time? Or is it, how does that work in terms of how you look at Black Friday from your perspective? Yeah, well, First of all, you know, super excited to have the opportunity to create with the NFL a brand new NFL holiday. Um, and Black Friday is perfect for Amazon for many reasons. It's a big day for us, huge shopping day, obviously. So um, my number one goal, though, is to de deliver a great entertaining experience all the way from our, our pregame, which will start at 1.30 through the game starting at 3. Um and we're going to have a lot of fun with it. You're going to see us introduce various things, including dropping exclusive deals for our viewers throughout the game um, that you're only going to get if you're watching. And so um, and we'll um, we'll celebrate the day, I guess. Um, having said that, you know, we're not going to get in the way of football <laughs> like you're there to watch the Dolphins and the Jets and we're going to put on a great broadcast and we would never compromise any of that but we're going to have fun with the rest of it and and basically and try to give back to our viewers um, in terms of deals we also have a Garth Brooks concert that's going to happen right after the show that we've invested in um, and so we're really going to make it an event um, is the goal and and my number one goal is that people that watch say wow that was awesome I, I can't wait for them to do this every year. <laughs> like if that happens, regardless of how much they buy or don't buy, like on Black Friday, um, to me, that's a success. John's going to send you his Santa list for things he'd like discounts <laughs> on. So you can put those through the. Yeah, just let us know now, Jay. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, fine. I'm sure that email, that email might bounce back, but give it a <laughs> Has he been naughty or nice? Is the question for John. A couple so. of turp sweatshirts, maybe. Freshman <laughs> jersey. Um, so, so Jay, for black for the black Black Friday games, yeah. I'm a viewer at home watching on my smart TV. 
Yeah. Tell me what, what the experience is going to be like. Yeah. Well, first of all, it needs to be easy. So you find the Prime Video app on your smart TV, you open it up, and it will be impossible to miss the Black Friday game. It, on most TVs, it'll autoplay in Prime Video in the top spot, um, and you'll click to, to enlarge it, and you're off and going, and that's really it. I think um, when we're uh, now, what we're going to do is introduce things like, you know, you've seen us do alternative broadcasts, so we have Dude Perfect returning um, for this game. And so families with kids definitely should check that out. It's so much fun. We've gotten just unbelievably positive feedback on that. And those guys are incredibly talented in what they've created. And that's another way where our job is to continue to innovate. And because we're not, you know, we don't have a linear schedule, we can create alternative broadcasts that to serve multiple fan bases. Um, I encourage people to check out Prime Vision. If you have not, um, Prime Vision is our alternative uh, all 22 camera, um, where we've really introduced a number of innovations this year, including um, AI, where we're doing um, alert, uh, alerts, defensive alerts to highlight blitzers in real time. Um, that's an incredible um, achievement by the team and super cool. So. You'll see us, but that's not a Black Friday thing, but that's always there. Um, what I think you'll see is um, really uh, a broadcast that's entertaining, John. That's not just, if you're hardcore football, you're going to love it. But if you're like, oh, I don't have to work today. Let me just check out this Black Friday game. I think you're going to love it. And by the way, you don't even have to have Prime for this game. You know, as a gift in this first year, we've decided to make that available to anyone um, with an Amazon account. So um, that'll be easy enough for everyone to tune in. Are the QR codes, are they going to pop up during the game or is it just in the pregame? They will be uh, slightly as we return from broadcast. You'll see mm -hmm. you'll see certain deals at times during the game, but they won't be over gameplay. They won't be interrupting anything, but you'll see at times during different quarters, offers come in, that are really killer offers um, unique to the broadcast that people will be able to snap a QR code and, and take advantage of that. I, I have one more uh, Black Friday question. And I, one of my favorite sports media deals of all time, I think it's I think it's one that you did, which is the Boxing Day games over in, in England, yeah. which is, uh, you know, the day after Christmas, all of the uh, uh, Premier League uh, teams play. And that that's what you got. What did you learn from the, that? that makes you so um, certain that Black Friday is going to be successful? Well, I think um, that's a great tradition over there. I think the reality is what's similar about it is you have a lot of people who are home and not work, not having to work that day. And, um, and you have a sport that is the most popular sport <laughs> that people care about and they can sit around with their families and enjoy together. Um, and that's sort of the similarity. I think um, probably other differences, but um, to me, when you can bring people together, you know, everyone is so busy now and there's so much entertainment on that when we all get these periods of time that like the whole family, 
you know, kids aren't at school and people aren't, you know, it's a unique time when everyone's together and sports, specifically big sports like the NFL or Premier League is becomes part of the ritual of, of spending time. Um, and you've seen that forever here in Thanksgiving, right? And so Black Friday, this will be a new window for people to learn about, but but they're similar in that way. Now let's move to the future and tier one sports. You know, we know that you have interest in the NBA, um, you know, when they're able to talk with everybody freely, um, you know, if that does come to market, which it is expected to. Why, when you look at the NBA, why would that work in terms of what you're trying to do? Well, I think, listen, first of all, I, the NBA is an incredible property. Um, they built a fan base that is worldwide, right? Uh, it's a very global game. Um, and a very young fan base. And I think Adam and team have done a great job over there at really leaning forward and into the future. And, and they're very forward thinking. Um, and so any broadcaster would be excited to um, be a part of the NBA. Like, and I think you're seeing, I'm sure many are looking at it. Um, for Amazon specifically, what fits is that it is one of the biggest leagues in the world. And people care about it. Like at the end of the day, do Prime members care about it? Is it important to their life? And um, and as a result, can it be meaningful in terms of the value it adds to Prime members and the Prime program? Um, and I think NBA is true on all of those fronts. Now, it is different, though, than the NFL, right? Like it does seem to me like if you had an extension i've written this and said this of thursday night and you know your idea of owning thursday night with football you could do that with the nba but regular season nba is different than regular season football you know the games aren't as important so when you look at a deal are playoffs and you know premier events very important you know these are must-haves in these deals is global a must-have you know what is it when you look at the nba because it is it is a tier one obviously it's one of the top sports of course um, but it is different than the nfl and what you're doing with thursday night football so how do you look at those things yeah those are good questions you know we're thinking about all those things i think um you're right it is different right um because of the game volume it's different for sure um and uh yes for us would would playoffs something like playoffs be an important part of that? Yes, I think that's uh, fair to say. I want to move on to a couple of different sports, but you know we write about sports rights deals all the time, and everybody really, mentions, really? <laughs> we do. Everybody mentions Amazon, like oh well, Amazon's out there as well. Uh, in some cases, like I know you're not out there, you feel like a stalking horse uh, a bit on on a couple of these. Do you ever want to come out and just say, like, you know, we are not interested in export? Do you, or is that is that is that beneath you? Not future? really. Not really. I mean, it doesn't matter um, to me. I think um, what I will tell you though is on the response we're getting from leagues. I think things have been shifting, um, meaning now that. Um, now that all the leagues have seen what we can do with Thursday night football, um, not only from a production quality, but from the actual audience delivery, um, all the way to can you execute on um, the streaming quality and deliver at that scale. So, you know, when you can deliver the NFL, I think it gives a lot of comfort to all the other leagues. 
And so I think the perception has changed a lot over time or the comfort level, um, which makes sense. Um, so I think, you know, more than ever, um, leagues are excited to work with us. The other big component is all leagues and companies, I say companies because it's not just leagues, have to get younger. And so when they see us delivering an audience that's seven years younger for NFL, that's exciting to them. Um, and they all know they have to be, you know, in this future world to be successful. It'll be some hybrid, of course. I'm not saying cable's going to go away. Um, and so what we found is more and more leagues are excited and realize the value we can bring. Um, and then, you know, in terms of rights, uh, it's competitive out there, right? So, um, you know, you can't you can't sort of say we're gonna have X, Y, and Z, you know, if you're gonna be rational, because sometimes the market may just decide the price is different than than what we value it at. And by the way, that doesn't mean someone else overpaid. Everyone has different models. Everyone has different business models, um, you know, which probably makes it hard for you guys to speculate, but doesn't stop you. So that's good. Um, <laughs> um, but I don't know if I answered your question. Oh, you did. Let, let, let me just go through a, a couple of quick ones. I know that we're, we're running out of uh, time on, on this a little bit, but um, you've been associated with uh, NASCAR. You've been associated with the CFP. How would you um, describe your interest in both those properties? Oh, I think they're both um, valuable properties that they fit the type of properties we would be interested in. Um, for all the reasons I already stated. Um, so I think, yeah, I've, I've very, um, very bullish on, on, you know, whether it's us or someone else, but I, I, the Jay, I think I was looking for you to announce something on our pod, actually, if you don't. Oh, really? Yeah. Was that the, okay. Just a minute. Let me think. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I, I think they're both great properties and, and they would fit the type of properties we would be interested in and, um, and take a look at seriously. You've already gotten into the local rights game with the Yankees where, you know, for people nationally in New York uh, and the demographic where yes is, um, which is the tri-state area, Connecticut, New Jersey, New York, um, predominantly little Pennsylvania, I think too. Um, You, uh, you do 20, 21 games of the Yankees. They were Friday nights and Wednesday night. Do you, when you talk about the regional sports and what's going on with all these markets, do you want to replicate that? Is that, you know, what do you, what do you think about the idea of doing more games in more markets locally in baseball, basketball, or hockey? or all Yeah. Three? Well, I know you, both of you know this market well. I, um, I mean, you know, the local market is um, in the middle of transition right now, disruption, transition, because of what's happened with the RSNs and um, and not you know not sure how that's exactly going to play out. What I would say is, um, I think everyone has to. If you're a league, you really want to make those games more accessible, more available. Again, I think there's more entertainment options than ever before, especially for anyone under thirty. Um, that like if you don't make um, your product accessible enough, um, people will just, you risk people just not going through the hoops, right? And so I think, um, and the leagues know that, and that's going to be a big focus, and and they have to figure out how they're going to make this transition. But the reality is OTT delivery has to be part of that. 
to make it available for everyone. I think I think that's the direction it's going. And I think we can be a valuable part of that in terms of because of our large customer reach um, in terms of Prime in the U.S., as well as our technical capabilities we we built. And we already, you know, we do NBA League Pass today as a channel and MLB TV. So um, I, you know, I would expect, uh, I would love to be involved to try to help solve that local transition in some way. Um, uh and we'll just have to see how it all plays out. As, as you guys know better than anyone, it's a complicated <laughs> situation right now. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't guess exactly how it's going to pan out. But I do think um, we could be a valuable partner and we'd love to be part of that solution for fans in the future. And um, just have to keep, uh, keep watching and see how that plays out. One more complicated one is ESPN. And it's future and it's talked about, you talked about partners, it's talked about um, adding partners. I've reported um, that, you know, they're looking for two partners if they could, you know, maybe in an ideal world, they've also talked to sports leagues. You fall into that category of a place where potentially they could, you know, there could be some kind of um, uh, match. Uh, how do you look at ESPN in terms of, you know, partnering, partnering with them uh, in, in some sort of agreement? Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't be appropriate to speculate on that. What I would say is um, I have huge respect for everyone at ESPN and um, and what they do, um, as well as their business. But you know, I've watched ESPN since I was like this high, and um, I'm not much taller now. You guys have met me, but um, and uh, so big fan of Jimmy and what and what they do and what they put on air, and think they do a great job. They obviously have a transition they're trying to navigate. Um, and so, uh, but I wouldn't want to speculate on on us or anything in that. I mean, regard. we wouldn't, be, and you said inappropriate, we would not be offended if you said, if you <laughs> speculate on the podcast. Inappropriate to who? I know, oh, exactly. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you said inappropriate to us, we would not be offended. I'm just saying, so <laughs> speculate if you want, you free. Thanks for clarifying that. Um, I'll still stick to my original answer. Fair enough. Well, I, uh, I actually, I have one final question before I, I, we let you go and you should see Jay, the, the, the list, we have probably like 30 questions on the list that we wanted to talk to you about. Cause it, 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 it so many, but the only one that sticks in my mind, what was Weber's stat line in the uh, playoff game? Oh, um, I wish I knew, but I, I can tell you a funny story about that is, um, it was the regional finals and right before we played them, Apparently, um, someone in the school, uh, a girl in the school, wrote a whole article, I think, in their newspaper, how um, how they weren't taking it seriously enough and they weren't like really blowing people away. And like they were just like going through the moat or something, something that was not appreciated by me before <laughs> we're about to play him. And so uh, I think he's, our, our, our game plan going in was to let him shoot threes. We were hoping he would just shoot threes instead of um, dunking. And um, I think he hit his first three threes in the first three minutes of the game. And I was like, well, this, this strategy is not working out. Um, so it, I, I don't remember the exact stat line, but um, uh, I'm, it was pretty good. Was pretty the journalist good. ruins everything again, Jay. I can't believe it. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah, that was inappropriate <laughs> that was inappropriate exactly <laughs> well, jay marine head of global sports for amazon uh really appreciate you coming on 
best of luck with Black Friday. Um, and we know we're going to be hearing a lot more from Amazon and what you guys are doing now uh, with all the entities you're already involved with and in the future. And we appreciate your time. Thanks, Thanks a lot. I enjoyed it. Take care, guys. Andrew, I, I enjoyed that interview. Uh, my biggest takeaway is that not only is Jay Marine a sports fan, but he is interested in sports rights. So everything that we brought up, the, he, he showed an interest in. The NBA, he showed an interest in. NASCAR, the CFP, everything that we've already uh, reported. Like Amazon is a big player and they want to use sports in order to grow, grow prime subscribers and to keep uh, prime subscribers. And he made that abundantly clear. And so if I'm a league or a conference and I, and I was listening to that interview, I'm feeling very heartened right now. Dude, throughout this pod, since we started, I've been telling you Amazon Prime Video is a big player, and you've told me no. And I actually noticed, I just realized this, you always say Thursday Night Football is like- The, the smallest package yeah. uh, that there is, yes. <laughs> Jay Marine's on, and he's like, hey, let's talk about Michigan. Uh, he didn't bring that up. <laughs> but hey, my, my biggest takeaway- NBA playoffs. I mean, these are things we've talked about, but he said them. Uh, NBA playoffs is important to them for an NBA deal. Um, my read on the NBA thing is they're very, very interested, which we both reported. Um, and I think the regional sports aspect of things, um, you know, they could easily be a solution, um, you know, with these teams. And I, I think the interesting thing with that, this is not with really what Jay had to say, but, you know, do the NBA, the NHL, and baseball do they you know end up in the same entity because if they do that's probably good for the consumer and maybe good for the the leagues possibly um and good for whomever they go with um but if it's split up i'm not sure if that's so great for the consumer if everything's sliced up i mean that's the problem right now for the consumer as things move to streaming and stay on cable and it's just like costs like a trillion dollars yeah and the leagues know that and so they they're trying to create a system to where if you want everything You'll be able to go to, you know, an ESPN Plus or an Amazon to to, to uh, subscribe to a, a NBA League Pass and have access to 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 every game that, that that's out there. That's a sort of yeah. That's why the, I think it's ESPN, Amazon, and Apple. And I do think he didn't answer the question about if they have interest in teaming up with ESPN. But if you put ESPN along with an Apple or along with an Amazon. That could be pretty powerful in terms of distribution, the content that ESPN already is leasing, um, and the content that th those two have, um, and then the deep pockets that you'd have that become even deeper. Um, and if you're going to win long term in a streaming world, it makes sense. I mean, obviously, those are big companies and there's a lot to go on and they're complicated deals, but it seems to me those type of that. If there's a partnership with one of those, um, could be very good strategically and long term. Yeah, my prediction has always been that anybody that does a, a deal with the NBA is going to have access to to the NBA League Pass or access to to mm. those those uh, rights. All that, the that one, so about. like Amazon and ESPN both have deals, and and Max. Let's say those are the three. Yeah, get rid of exclusivity. You're not having exclusivity on that. So it's, it's sort of a price of doing business. So if if Turner does a deal. I would expect Max would have access to the, that that lineup of games. I see. So all of them would be able to sell the local games. That would that's my prediction, uh, and, and it's based prediction. on I, I don't I don't think that they they value exclusivity or that the league values exclusivity as much as just trying to 
address what you were just no, talking that's a about. good because that kind of cre- recreates sort of the cable model because it, you're saying like you'd have to have a subscription to mac you'd have to have a subscription to espn you would have to have a subscription to amazon prime to be able to access your games exactly yeah yeah it makes a lot of sense all right yeah, yeah i like well, that that brings us to the end Andrew of another uh, podcast. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody, you yourself included. AC Wyatt, the producer, uh, Chris Mason, the master of the board. Uh, we've been doing this for a little bit more than two years. It's still a ball, man. I'm still having a, a ton of fun with it. Yeah, thanks to you. Enjoyed that. And Jay Marine uh, for coming on. We really appreciate that. Black Friday. Uh, John's going to be there with his phone anytime there's a deal. Um, or especially ACY, you can chime in on this, especially people probably hear this in the bloopers in a minute. Um, if there's a deal for any type of measurements, uh, that you can put on your wall so he can uh, see how tall he is. Uh, if I can get a retro Maryland basketball jersey, totally. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Oh, that too. But you're going to have to wait till the bloopers to understand exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, definitely, definitely stick in for those. <laughs> Thank you. I think we have the, the next iteration we need to put a couple pictures up there what in the back i know in the back kinda, i like like the globe the globe's not bad but sported up maybe a adley rushman poster i might get you that for christmas an adley rushman fat face i i should get my uh, your wife be okay put what, what room is that i should get my circa 1986 len bias growth chart Whatever, just I think some Maryland apparel, some sporty, some sporty stuff. Yeah, I need to. I I do need to take some time and figure figure this out. And you have this a is... great wall there to put a couple of things. Wait, can you can you explain this Lynn Bias thing? Hey, what is this exactly? They uh they gave uh his senior year at at Maryland they they gave away like remember do you remember you used to have growth charts mm-hmm. and they just gave away like a six eight poster of len bias just sitting in there in his gold uniform i'll send you a picture it's still up in my childhood bedroom by the way all right so did you make a mark yeah they're relative to your to your group no 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 markings but i but but it was in my dorm room i'm going to give too much information here that was in my dorm room and it was right next to my minute bowl growth chart poster Oh, and that that was so thick that it had have. to go over the ceiling. And I believe there are markings there where I like come up to his waist. <laughs> nice. <laughs> How many growth charts did you have? Did you have a Muggsy Bogues one? Uh, Scott Stevens of the Caps. That was just three. Just three. My He's, freshman year roommate did not like me a, a lot. Scott. <laughs> are we taping this? Because this is definitely bloopers. Oh, we definitely are. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I mean, if anybody out there wants to get John Orr in anything, he loves growth charts. <laughs> That's what he collects. All right. And the shirt, by the way, I noticed the shirt. Uh, it's uh, yeah, that's on my Thanksgiving flannel. No, it's the same from yesterday. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm impressed that you uh, knew to wear the same shirt. Uh, I really feel man. like John's closet is just like Homer Simpson's and I'm... Peter Griffin's. <laughs> <laughs> or is it is it the same shirt? Because no, I put the same shirt on, but I didn't tell you. I told you in the past that we should keep the same. You've shirt You told on. me in the past, and I don't want you to like. Yeah, I, I didn't want to have to get up in the middle and like. Yeah, well, I didn't want to say. I didn't say anything. I was like, let's yeah. see if he does. If he doesn't, he doesn't. <laughs> All right. Jay, uh, Andrew, and I are on air talent now. So, do you have to deal with us? <laughs> right. right.